Packers game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone, uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now. Hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one place, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. Well, all wins are satisfying, this one especially so. The Green Bay Packers are 9-3, and three, heading into the bye week. Aaron Rodgers gets to rest his toe, or have surgery on it. And just two road games remain on the Packers' regular season schedule. 36-28, the final. The Green Bay Packers are victorious on a chilly day at Lambeau Field. Late afternoon football on a chilly November day. Happy to have you along for the ride here on the Packers Radio Network. Packers OD presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to get in touch with us until 9 o'clock tonight. And let's go into the locker room, shall we? We're happy to be joined by Packers offensive lineman Lucas Patrick. What a way to enter the bye week, Lucas. It's always satisfying to get a win, especially so today. Yeah, I mean it's it's just huge to to ride the uh kind of the emotions into the bye week and and just the the positive outlook you can have on yourself if you do some self scouting and kind of kind of watch how the uh the first uh you know, three fourths of the season went and kind of uh, evaluate everything. You know, Lucas, as you go through the week, you know you're not going to have Elton Jenkins, you're hoping to get David Bottiari back soon. Is the game plan any different regardless of who's in there at offensive line? It, it, it From the outside, it, it hasn't seemed to have mattered. It seems like things uh, have been moving right along. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a credit to the coaching staff and especially uh, the three guys we have in our room from Steno, Buckus, and Zets. Um, it's, you know, the things they do week in, week out to get us ready, to harp on our fundamentals and uh, to have us ready mentally. It's uh, it's a credit to them and, and credit to every guy stepping up to the challenge because, um, you know, we knew heading into this game how elite they were up front with all the, all the guys they had. I mean, pick one and you'd be happy to have one on your team. So, uh just proud of the guys and the way we handled everything. You know, one sack officially, zero yards. I think Aaron was stepping up to try and scramble, and he got tripped up. I think all in all, you see Hall of Famers on the other side uh, for Los Angeles. That's a pretty good day, isn't it? You'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a few hits and other stuff that we'd like to have back up front, but um, any any time that you can, you know, have one or you know, almost have none, uh, that's a good day up front, and you know, that's that's our job is to keep 12 clean. How excited are you watching this defense? I know there's stuff to do on the sideline, Lucas, but do you ever get yourself glancing to see what's happening when you're off the field? Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just so happy with, you know, excited to watch these guys step up from, you know, our guys on the edge with being sent out there and RG fighting through what he's fighting through and, you know, having guys like Tipa come in and stand step up and, you know, the linebacking core still don't understand how, Devondre was not on a team for so long, but what an addition! And Chris Barnes can't say enough about how steady he's been, and that that back end's playing elite, uh, even even without you know the projected starters and those safeties and Amos and Savage are playing just so well as a tandem. And you know, I think everyone knows this, but Rasul Douglas is a stud. No doubt. You know, and that gets overlooked, I think. It's, uh, you know, one of those weeks you, you pick up a guy, you pick him off the practice squad. Okay, the Packers have a guy named Razul Douglas, and all he's done is come up with a pick six. He, he sort of saved the day against Arizona and been thrust into a starting action with Kevin King injured today. You never know, right? It just goes to show how much talent there is, and, and the talent scouting is critical in this in this league. Yeah, I mean, huge credit to Goody and his staff, but, you know, I've I've been fortunate to be with the Packers the whole time, but sometimes guys thrive on a change of scenery and just you know something new, something fresh, or a different style of coaching. And uh, whatever whatever has happened, it's clearly working for him because he's uh, he's playing truly elite. Lucas, what's your plan on the bye week? What are you going to do to get away for a minute? Uh, I'm going to try to hit a little white ball into a little white hole as <laughs> a few strokes as possible. Well, I hope you're traveling somewhere to do that. You don't have to, to arrange your uh, entire. Uh, golf or whatever you're doing in uh, in Green Bay, right? You're able to step out of the state for a minute. 
Yeah, go go get a little warmth and kind of kind of warm my bones and muscles up so they can relax. Well, prepare for the stretch run. I hope the opposition is not doing that because when AJ Dillon runs against bodies that are cold, I enjoy watching that. If I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, I mean, just uh, you know, su- super proud of 33 coming back and fighting through what he was fighting through to just be uh, available tonight. Just the spark that he provides, just as a person on that field. Um, is amazing, and then the body blows the two eight delivers when he runs. I mean, you can just hear the defense kind of losing their breath when he's finishing forward and running through arm tackles. It's uh, we've got a true uh, one two punch at back. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch. Outstanding game today, Lucas. Enjoyable to watch. Thanks for joining us, and enjoy your bye week, my friend. Well deserved and well earned. We'll do. Y'all enjoy your bye week the same. All right, take care. We say uh, happy late Thanksgiving to Lucas Patrick. And we say greetings to you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin, 36-28 the final. We do want to hear from you on the program tonight at 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. And here's the snap, the give to Dillon, blasting up the middle. And gets the first down, noses the football into enemy territory between the hash marks to the 49 yard line. Greg Gaines, big defensive tackle, made the hit, but was not a match for A.J. Dillon. Fleet Farm is proud to support Salute to Service. We honor our brave military members and veterans and thank them for their service. We thank you for joining us on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Greg Matzik with you until 9 o'clock tonight. You heard the run from A.J. Dillon there. That converted a fourth and one. You know, the numbers are not eye-piping here for Dillon. 20 carries, 69 yards, just three and a half per carry. But, boy, it felt like more than that, didn't it? It seemed like four-yard run after four-yard run after four-yard run. There was a touchdown drive in the second half of today's game in which A.J. Dillon had eight touches. I mean, the entire drive was 13 plays, 75 yards, and a little under eight minutes, but Dillon had eight touches, including the touchdown, which made it 27-17. That was in the third quarter. In fact, it was the first drive out of the half. Eight touches for Dillon on that drive, and nothing fancy about it. He just absolutely bludgeoned. A defense with Hall of Famers on the other side as the Packers cruise to a 36-28 win. Let's grab Bob in Kimberly on Packers OT. Bob, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for taking my call, Greg. And uh, first of all, if if I could only give out one game ball, uh, I'd have to give it to the offensive line as a whole and Yash Nyman in particular. I thought it was very telling in his uh, press availability earlier this week that Billy Turner called him perhaps the most explosive offensive lineman they had, and this guy is your third-string uh, left tackle. I-, I think that's saying an awful lot. I have visions of uh, Rodgers getting sacked three or four times today and being under duress all day. And then the second thing I'd say, and I'd be interested to hear your take, is when Kevin King comes back from his latest injury, seems like he's always injured, uh, I don't think I don't think he's your starter at, at cornerback. Uh, he's at best a nickel guy or a dime guy. I've never been impressed with him, and the way the guys are playing uh, at corner right now, uh, I don't think Kevin King's a starter. And with that, I'm out. Yeah, appreciate it, Bob. We'll get to your comments coming up on the other side. Thirty-six twenty-eight, the final. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Here's the snap. Stafford hits it. Behind. Behind. Ball is loose. Picked up by Preston Smith. Down he goes. Smith is brought down to the six-yard line. There is a flag down, I believe. Rashawn Gary made the hit from behind to pry it loose. And Preston Smith picked it up. Oh, welcome back, Rashawn Gary. Remember how bad the Packers were at getting to the quarterback last week against Minnesota? That game turned into a shootout. Well, today... Bit of a tone setter early on as Rashawn Gary gets the strip sack fumble recovered by Preston Smith. Put the Packers with a first and goal at the six-yard line. And ultimately, they were able to get into the end zone. And Aaron Rodgers touchdown run. He called his own number there in a bit of a read option, but got into the end zone as the Packers strike first in today's win. 36-28 the final. Packers OT presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. We've got Jack in Freedom joining us next in Packers OT. Hi, Jack. Hey Greg, thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to, one of the things I wanted to comment on today was how big this win was for the Packers heading into a bye week. 
this late into the season. And obviously guys like, obviously Rodgers, you could tell at the end of the second half there that his toe was starting to bother him a little bit. And I'm, I'm assuming Rashawn Gary's not 100% yet after his elbow sprain and guys like Aaron Jones, getting guys like Kevin King back for more depth at cornerback on how huge this win was, especially because the Vikings lost and they were kind of nearing us a little bit. They were getting in the back of our minds. And I'm feeling really confident about this team right now heading into the bye week this late into the year. Yeah, I'm with you, Jack. You know, it, it, it's, it's one win, but my goodness, does it feel huge. It feels absolutely huge. You know, the Buccaneers get a last-second win today on the road against the tough Indianapolis team. If the Rams come in and beat Green Bay, all of a sudden they have the same amount of wins as the Packers go into the bye week. Remember, the Rams played this game today coming off the bye week. So now the NFC playoff picture looks a little bit more convoluted, and the Rams are still alive to win the NFC West. You know, the Packers are likely going to win the NFC North, and that's great, but any kind of tiebreaker you can get in your favor at this point of the season is a good thing. So it's it's one win, but my goodness, does it feel like much more than that to me. As for Kevin King, so back-to-back calls here involving Kevin King. He did not play today. Uh, he's kind of in, he's out, he's in, he's out. It's kind of all over the place. There's a spot for Kevin King on this team. And I think, by and large, he's played pretty well. But the defensive secondary as a whole plays better when the pass rush is in sync. Last week against Minnesota, it was not in sync. Right? There just wasn't enough pass rush on Kirk Cousins to make things interesting. Uh, so he was able to play pitch and catch. And if you get Kirk Cousins' time, well, he'll shred you apart. And he did to the Packers' secondary. So getting Rashawn Gary back, I know it's one player, but his presence was felt right away in this game, packaged alongside Preston Smith. Okay, now you're working with something. Um, I don't think Zadarius Smith is going to play the rest of the year. That's my gut feeling on the situation. But to have Rashawn Gary back was absolutely critical. And for King in a starting role, look, Jair Alexander, if he comes back, no. Kevin King will not be relied upon to start. His value is getting his hands on bigger receivers. That's where Kevin King is at his best. If his hands don't get on the receiver, then you just you hope for good coverage. But as a nickel guy or as a outside corner, I think it's matchup dependent. But I think there's some value for Kevin King on this team. And Eric Stokes has played outstanding as a rookie. He's got his moments. Don't get me wrong. But as a rookie, I think you feel pretty good about what he's done so far. And Rasul Douglas has been outstanding as a uh, not even a waiver claim. He was signed up the practice squad. So. You're doing more than treading water here with this group, and it's been impressive to watch. I thought the Packers' defense, by and large, was outstanding today. There were two big plays in this game, two big plays, 79-yard touchdown, 54-yard touchdown, and yes, those are game-changing type of plays. Thankfully, they weren't today. It kept Los Angeles close, uh, but none of those big plays resulted in Los Angeles taking the lead. And that was about it, right? And Think about all the different plays the Rams ran today. What plays stand out? It's two. Out of an entire game's worth. That's about it. Pretty impressive stuff, I think, overall for this Packers defense against an explosive offense. 855-616-1620. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. In motion, Devontae to the left. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his right. Give Dylan and why not? Big to Dylan. Rolling right. Rodgers to the end zone. Touchdown. Bad foot and all. Aaron Rodgers with a beautiful play fake. Hey, called his own number. Uh, that was not the play design, according to Matt LaFleur. It was uh, Aaron Rodgers on, I guess, uh, not even a run pass option, more of a read option kind of play. It was Rodgers and Jalen Ramsey, right? That's all he had to beat. A little pump fake from Rodgers. Ramsey had no idea what was behind him. There was nobody behind him. There was Nobody went ran for a route. Nobody went out for the pass. It was Rodgers on his own, dialing up his old number. And uh, the first score of today's game, a 36-28 win for the Green Bay Packers, who improved to 9-3 and with today's victory. 36-28, the final. Packers OT, presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Back to the phones we go. Jonathan in Chicago joins us next year on Packers OT. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, thanks for taking my call. What I was going to say was the, the failed two-point conversion almost, and I mean almost, came back to haunt us because... We would have been up, I mean, if we would have kicked the field goal instead, we would have been up by nine at the end of the game, not eight. So it would have forced them to go for two touchdowns instead of a field goal and a touchdown. And the second point I want to make is the kicker, um, our field goal kicker, 
it seemed like both, you know, the the field goal started off very far left and then came back. The Rams field goal kicker went right down State Street, right down the middle. And I'm just wondering what your comments are about that issue, too. Yeah, I have no idea. You know, the 42-yarder that Mason missed, I actually thought he hit it really good. I mean, it looked like it was tracking exactly how you'd want. The 45-yarder is the one that looked really strange to me. Sort of uh, started up, and I think it even moved left of the upright from the view that I had, and then it sort of came back in. Uh, it, it was not a good day, or not an easy day, I should say, to kick the football um, from the kickoff perspective, field goal unit, that operation. I, I, those guys were struggling during pregame warm-ups. Uh, so the fact that Crosby was three for four on the day, I think ultimately pretty impressive. I didn't have a problem going for two at all, given the conditions, given the oddball year it's been for the field goal kicking unit and operation. Yeah, you get the touchdown and the two-point conversion there. You go up 38-17. You just decide to go for one. It's 37-17, so touchdown field goal anyway. I get it. I didn't have a problem with it. Uh, wasn't a very well-executed play. Ball got batted around and ultimately fell to the turf. I, it still would have required significant work for the Rams to, to, I mean, truly get back into this game. I, You know, that came at the end of the third quarter, so there's still a full quarter of action, and anything can happen, to be sure. Uh, I didn't have a problem with the play call or the design. The execution was lacking. Uh, but the Packers, I, to be honest, I'm surprised they haven't gone for two more this season. Matt LaFleur is a go-for-it guy. It's fourth and one, they go for it. It's fourth and two, they go for it. Uh, he learned from Sean McVay, who, interestingly enough, decided to go for it on fourth and one from his own 29-yard line. That is not necessarily a smart play. That play was blown up by Adrian Amos. And it helped put the Packers uh, up front 10 nothing in this game. So I guess credit the Rams' defense for limiting the Packers to a field goal. But fourth and one from the 45, from the 50, no man's land, right, when it's a, a 60-yard field goal, I get it. Fourth and one from the 29 in the first quarter? Whew. That tells you what kind of league we're in, right? It is a go-for-it league, more so than ever. Whether you like it or not, that's just kind of where it is. Analytics tell coaches what to do oftentimes, and that backfired today on Sean McVay. And I enjoyed watching it. 855-616-1620. We'll step aside one moment. We'll get back on the clock here and get back to you as well. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Stafford ducks in under center. The Rams at their own 30 going for it on fourth down. Late first quarter. Stafford under center takes handoff to Henderson. He's cartwheeled down, but I believe on the turn it depends. Look at where they're marking it. He was cartwheeled down by Amos, and they're marking it short of the 30, and they're saying Green Bay football. Chevrolet is proud to be the best-selling brand in Wisconsin and the official vehicle of the Green Bay Packers. Trust Chevy on your team. Visit your local Chevy dealer today. Greg Matzik with you on Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers earn the win today. Fun game to watch. 36-28 the final. A lot of big plays, a lot of momentum-changing plays. There were some turnovers. Yes, it does happen. Uh, But two quality teams, two playoff-caliber teams. And I guess if you trust the folks in the desert, this was an upset win for the Packers, who... We're not favored in this game. I saw Rams by one was the last line. So, hey, credit the Packers for earning an upset win on the home field. Well, it didn't feel like an upset, did it? Rams coming off the bye week. The Packers going into their bye week uh, with a nice advantage now here in the NFC North. Let's talk to Jeff in Monaco next on Packers OT. Jeff, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much. Good to hear from you. Hey, a question for you. Um, ben Braden, our guard, uh, number 64, he seems to get a lot of people cheering for him up in the stands. Are you familiar with that? Uh, I, I could not hear what was going on in the stands with regard to Ben Braden. No, I did not hear that. Yeah, there's a lot of let's go Braden chants up there I just heard. Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I, I think he's got a big following here in Wisconsin. Oh, well, good. Well, good. We like that. What do you got on the game today, Jeff? Oh, uh, the, the, um, our, uh, Cros- I'm a little worried about him. I think his, his confidence is shaking a little bit. I thought... You know, early in the game, he when the coach didn't let him kick that, I'm a little worried that that didn't help his confidence too much. Yeah, he made a 45-yarder uh, earlier in the game, right? I, he's got no. I, I don't think it's a Crosby issue, by the way. I, I don't. I just don't. I, I, it's an operational issue. I guess I've resigned my mind to that. But I think the bigger issue is that it's always something 
right? I mean, it's always something with special teams. You want a more sure-handed return man back on uh, what is presumably the, uh, presumably a short punt? Well, put Randall Cobb back there. He never makes a mistake. And then he must have punt right into the arms of the Rams cover unit. So I just things like that. It's just... I, it, it sort of washes away what the Packers did well on special teams today. Their punt coverage unit was strong. And keep in mind, the Rams struggled as well, also at a turnover. I, these are playoff-caliber teams, and if you look at the rankings and the numbers, they are two of the worst special teams units in football. I think if you watched the game today, you come out of here saying, that was not a great performance on special teams. There were moments for both teams, good and bad. We saw it today. Fortunately for the Packers... Did not bite them, at least not too hard. They're able to hold on for a 36-28 win. Much more to get to coming up on the other side. We'll dip into the locker room. More highlights. Voice of the Packers' Wayne Larravee will join us as the Packers improve to 9-3. and They go into the bye week. Just more road games appear on the Packers' regular season schedule, and one of those games is at Detroit. We love how the schedule sets up here for the Packers coming out of the bye week. A lot of home games, some tough opponents including a Christmas afternoon matchup with the Cleveland Browns. That'll be an interesting one coming up as we celebrate the holiday season. 36-28 the final. More after this on the Packers Radio Network. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. game day continues. It was really encouraging to see our guys when we had to, you know, kind of backs up against the wall and in the red zone uh, come through and make some plays. With Packers OT, presented by Pillow Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You can't come out talking about, you know, getting more opportunities and not come through, so it's something that I'm going to make sure I do today. Now, hear from the fans, the players, and get updates from around the league. The big sequence was obviously into the first half, getting a touchdown, coming out in one play, 75 yards. With your host, Greg Matzik, on the Packers Radio Network. On a chilly late November afternoon in Green Bay, the Green Bay Packers emerge victorious. 36-28 the final, defeating the Los Angeles Rams, sending OBJ and Matthew Stafford back to Los Angeles with a record of 7-4. The Packers hurtle into the bye week with a record of 9-3. Welcome in. It's Packers OT, presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now through November 30th, it's getting on us here. Choose 12 months, no payments, and no interest, plus 20% off labor at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Set your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. 855-616-1620 if you'd like to join us here as we craft the Packers win. 36-28 the final. They defeat the Los Angeles Rams. Step aside 10 seconds for our stations to identify themselves on the Packers Radio Network. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2, Milwaukee. Football can be a real pain. Orthopedic Associates of Wisconsin can fix that pain fast. There is a difference. A lot of big plays in today's game, and and really it felt like the Rams' big plays were more impactful than the Packers. But after further review, the Packers' big play, and I'm talking about 25 yards or more, were significant. uh, 54-yard pass from Rodgers to Cobb set up a field goal. On the very same drive, it was Rodgers to Cobb for 27, then Rodgers to Adams for 43. That drive resulted in a touchdown on the Packers. Uh, another Packers touchdown drive. It was 27 yards to Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, as one of the big plays in that drive. You know, the Rams were able to cash in a couple of big plays for touchdowns, and that made things, I, I guess, closer than it felt early, and especially at the half. 79-yard touchdown to Van Jefferson and a 54-yard touchdown in the second half to Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, Look, the Rams are a good offense. They're going to find mismatches and exploit them. When the coverage is right, they're going to attack. And for as up and down as Matthew Stafford was today, every time I wanted to write him off and say, man, he just doesn't look right, he came up with a pretty big play. Um, And both of those touchdowns, I think, are, are classic examples. But there were more mistakes by the Rams than the Packers today. Two turnovers, you had the interception, you had the punt fumble, Packers scored on both of those occasions. There was a fourth and one on the 29 in which the Rams were denied. They were offsides on a punt. That gave the Packers a first down. And I I was shocked to see it, but Aaron Rodgers did not cash in on that two-minute opportunity. The Rams' defense got a little lucky there. But that was a sloppy game, I felt, from the Rams. The Packers were, well, they had some moments that were sloppy. A fumbled punt, missed field goal, and so on. Blown coverage a couple of times. 
But by and large, they were the steadier team today, and I think the the final result uh, I think is indicative of what we watched play out at Lambeau Field. Entertaining game, nonetheless. Let's uh, grab another phone call here. It is Fred who is at the game today. Welcome into Packers OT. Hi, Fred. Hey guys, thanks for taking my call. Um, Vegas is crazy for taking uh, the Rams uh, in in Lambeau. That's ridiculous. Um, I think this is another game that the Packers proved that they are the best team in the league. But just wondering, what can the Packers do to improve on our phase of special teams where that's what's going to lose us the Super Bowl, I think. What can we do to improve that where we don't lose those big games when it comes to playoffs? On field goal unit, on punt return, on fielding it, on everything it can be, how can we bring in somebody to – you know, make those things not happen. Yeah, I, I think you're beyond it, Fred. I, 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 this is the crew. This is whoever the Packers have on their team. That's it, right? They're not going to change the long snapper again. I don't imagine they change the punter. The punter's been great, but he's also the holder. So that's part of the operation. They are definitely not going to change the kicker, even though they have one in the practice squad. I believe he's still there. You're not going to bring in somebody to kick in Lambeau in the month of December. You're just not going to do that. Mason Crosby is the guy to do it. Um, and it's not been a good year, right? It's not been a good year at all for that operation. I thought the punt coverage unit was pretty good today. Uh, keep in mind the Rams are also terrible on special teams, right? That's where they really struggle. Uh, but the return unit game is sort of non-existent for the Packers today. The Rams certainly didn't do much on their end. Turnovers both ways, like you just—it was sloppy. It was sloppy by and large for both teams. But I, this is the cast of characters. Uh, you could put somebody else back there to return a punt, but we saw what happened when you do that, right? It was Randall Cobb of all people giving it back to the Rams. That is uncommon. Uh, so I, it's going to remain a struggle. I, I think the Packers return units, coverage units have been okay. Punt more than kick, but aside of the very lazy and boring answer of you got to keep working at it. I don't know what else is going to happen. You're not going to see starters on kick coverage. You're just not. Or kick return, uh, by and large. So, And maybe that's one of the reasons the Packers struggle. Remember when they used to have William Henderson and John Kuhn and maybe your starting fullback as one of your lead special teams guys? Those days don't really exist anymore. At least not for the Packers. They don't. 855-616-1620. Let's uh, grab Anthony in Heartland. You're on Packers OT. Hi, Anthony. Hi, thanks for taking my call, guys. Um, I just wanted to speak to, like, this team just feels really talented top-down. I mean, the Rams are probably second, third-best team in the NFC, and it, I mean, it feels like we just, we just beat the brakes off of them. And we didn't even have Jair Alexander or Zedarius Smith. We didn't have Bakhtiari. Um, you know, I remember watching the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago against the 49ers, and they, they just ran all over us. And I remember thinking, like, you know, can you imagine what would happen if we gave Aaron Rodgers a – team that was this talented and this stacked um and i feel like we have that team now and i just i can't see i can't wait to see what we can do with this yeah it feels like the floor is a lot higher than maybe thought at the beginning of the year doesn't it anthony anthony drops off i i think that is the case you know any super bowl team usually has a variety of different things number one it's it's at some point in the season able to exhibit Super Bowl depth. I think the Packers have done that. They they have shown that they can go without some marquee players and not keep the ship afloat, but keep it moving down the stream, man, right? This is impressive stuff without your starting corner, and today without one of the other starting corners or Nickelback, however you want to view Kevin King, and without Zadarius Smith, and without Whitney Merciless, and without David Bakhtiari, and without Elton Jenkins. And I'm talking about guys who are pro bowlers or all pros at some point in their career, most of which with the Green Bay Packers. Credit to Rashawn Gary for returning and Aaron Jones. That certainly helps. But, I, you know, I think the return of Bakhtiari mostly helps. I, I think it's going to really pay dividends in the run game. For as incredible as he is at protecting the quarterback, I think the Packers' run numbers are they are just sort of average right now. And that's fine. All things considered, that is fine. Uh, they were able to use the run three, four yards a pop, and just totally grind down the Rams today. It was effective enough. Uh, The numbers were not eye-popping, but certainly effective. But you feel like the holes are a little more gaping once you get a guy like Bakhtiari back. That's my gut feeling. 
uh, and we haven't seen him at all this year, so it's it's hard to say definitively. Uh, there's no tape from this year to look at. That's just my gut feeling on the situation. When he returns, big question. I did not expect him back today. Uh, this going into the practice week, you got the bye week. It, it seems like they're still kind of working through some things. But I, given the bye week is upcoming, I think it tells you everything you need to know about the injuries to Rashawn Gary and Aaron Jones. While certainly you want to be cautious and, and you know get the proper treatment and so on, I don't think the Packers would have forced them onto the field today if they truly feared furthering the injury. So ultimately, seeing those guys back today before the bye, that is a great, great sign. Brian joins us next in Watertown. Brian, you are on Packers OT. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Long-time listener. Love the show. Just want to say, you know, I was thinking about what you said about Mason Crosby on an earlier call. and You know, playing football, I know that there's a timing element of the long snapper. You got a, a punter who's taking the snap. And Mason, who is a veteran, who, who I've actually met and is an amazing guy, trust him when the when the game is on the line. Of course, a 55-yarder right now with uh, a windy condition and this uh, this new continuity that the team has to get down on special teams would be iffy. But Lafleur knows that, and I, I kind of witnessed that a little bit in the game today where he said, hey, we're going to call timeout here and not kick this field goal and uh, put our special teams a little bit at jeopardy. But I like where the Packers are at. I think the game that they lost last week, a rivalry game, was kind of a uh, an anomaly in terms of the Vikings being ready to go. And I like where the Packers are at going forward. Just wanted to know what you thought about the offensive line and its health going forward. Yeah, you know, they've played well without David Bakhtiari. they played well today without Elton Jenkins. You feel like you can't lose too much more there. But I've been impressed because third-string left tackle protecting Aaron Rodgers' backside, that sentence right there is typically not a sentence you ever want to have to say. And the Packers have gone to the Yash Nyman well four times this year as a starter, and I think he's held up pretty well, all things considered. I think he's been outstanding. And, you know, I wonder if they try him at guard going into next season. It's an interesting idea. Uh, they did so with Elton Jenkins, and he got a taste of guard early on in his career. They swung him out to tackle. They tried him at tackle. They rolled him at center. He just it got a little bit more seasoning under his belt as time went on in Green Bay. I don't know if that's in the future cards for Yash Nyman, but Matt LaFleur is all about getting his best five linemen on the field at a given time. That would be a heavy lift for him now, midseason, or toward the end of the season more accurately. Uh, but an idea, a thought perhaps in the offseason as you develop that versatility uh, with a young player in your control. Uh, you love guys like that, right? You didn't know his name at the start of the year. He started four games, been pressed into duty against some pretty talented opponents, and he has stood tall. That's been fun to watch. That's pretty amazing stuff. Packers offensive line depth and versatility is as good as I can ever remember. Uh, in my time covering the Green Bay Packers. Let's uh, grab another one here before we get you an update. It's Barry in California here on Packers OT. Hi, Barry. Hey, Greg. Thanks so much for taking my call. Um, I'm going to tell you that when the schedule came out, this was a game that I had circled for a lot of reasons. Uh, the main one being I thought this was going to be a true, true legitimate test. We had some games earlier on, but I figured as we got through the NFC West, this was going to be a very, very solid game right before the bye. We could have been banged up, whatever. Well, we've now swept every team. We've beaten every team in the NFC West. I think that we are definitely a very, very serious, solid contender for the Super Bowl. The people out here in Southern California, which is where I live, everyone thinks the Rams have pretty much bought themselves a championship, and they're an, they're an automatic lock. So it was very interesting to see the matchup, the way the game went today. I think also out of our remaining five, uh, of course, you know, three of them are at home. And realistically, I think that we, if not run the table, the game that really worries me more than anyone is the Ravens in Baltimore. So I think the way that the offense has, has shown versatility with starters coming back, the defense, some of these people no one even knows about, but we've played phenomenal. Um, and I think that we've got some starters coming back. And I also think the special teams, I'm not going to lie to you, when Mason would kick, I would kind of lean forward and cringe a little. But I think with the conditions today, and I've been to games at Lambeau, 
I thought he did a very impressive job, all things considered. I'd like to get your opinion about it. And, uh, again, I think that we are indeed, as, as Wayne said, there's a very special feel to this team, and the bye couldn't come at a better uh, point. And we'll just see where we go from here. Thanks so much, and I'll uh, take your comments off the air. Appreciate it, Barry. I'll sum this up about Mason Crosby. There is no other kicker I would rather have who might even be available to kick in Lambeau Field than Mason Crosby. And there will be three more games, at least, at Lambeau Field, and, and probably a fourth and hopefully a fifth as uh, the Packers make a run to the Super Bowl, perhaps. But it's out of the bye week, December 12th, at home against the Bears on Sunday Night Football. Then it's off to Baltimore to face the Ravens. I would be shocked if that game is not flexed out of its current noon scheduled time. No way does that game stay at 12 o'clock, so keep your ears and eyes open for when that game will be played. On Christmas afternoon against the Cleveland Browns, that's a home game at Lambeau Field. Then it's home against the Vikings on Sunday night football, January 2nd. And then on the road, a noon contest at Detroit. So you've got two road games, and one of those two road games is against a team that has yet to win a game this year. The other game is against an AFC opponent. Things shaping up pretty well here for the Packers as they close out the regular season. We'll hear from the voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee, coming up on the other side. Let's first get an update here from around the league. And our update is presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in a better. Start in Indianapolis with the Colts looking to build off that blowout win over the Bills. All the attention on Colts running back Jonathan Taylor. It was his counterpart who stole the show. Gronkowski on the left edge along with Wells. Here's the snap. Brady has the ball off running to the left. His Fournette inside the 20. Stiff arm to the 20. On his feet to the 15. 5-3-2-1. Touchdown Leonard Fournette. Touchdown Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Wow, is that the dagger? I hope so with 20 seconds left. Gene Deckerhoff with the call. Buccaneers Radio Network. An incredible day for Leonard Fournette. Four touchdowns, three on the ground, one in the air, including the game winner. 131 combined yards and a 38-31 win. This is important now. The Buccaneers improved to 8-3. and three. They are nipping on the Packers' heels for their second spot in the NFC playoff race. Well, last week the Vikings improved to 5-5 five and five with a shootout win over the Packers. Those same Vikings are back below 500. Garoppolo under center. Hands off Elijah Mitchell. Take it to the goal line. Touchdown! San Francisco! Weren't they just out 14 to 7 minutes ago? What is that song? Eli's coming home? <laughs> Eli is home! Greg Papa, Tim Ryan with the call on the Niners Radio Network, KNBR 680 in San Francisco. San Francisco scores 23rd quarter points to fuel a 34-26 win. From San Francisco to Denver, where the Broncos' defense shined against the visiting Chargers. Denver will rush four this time, not five. Quick throw to Eckler, deflected, and intercepted. ten down the west sideline. This may be a house call. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Denver. 70 yards for Pat Sertan. Yeah, one of two touchdowns on the day for Justin Herbert. Interceptions, I should say. 14 fourth quarter points. Seals a 28-13 win for the Broncos. That was Dave Logan on the call for KOA in Denver. Other scores from around the league. Bengals all over the Steelers, 41-10. to Big day for Joe Mixon with 165 yards and two rushing touchdowns. Dolphins over the Panthers, 33-10. Cam Newton benched in this game. Patriots, look out. They've won six in a row. They defeat the Titans, 36-13. Both teams now 8-4. and four. Snooze Fest of a game. It goes to the Giants in East Rutherford, 13-7 over the Eagles. Another snoozer was the Falcons over the Jaguars, 21-14. The Jets defeat the Houston Texans by that same score, 21 to 14. Trio of games on Thanksgiving. We've got Monday Night Football coming up tomorrow in the nation's capital with Washington taking on the 3-7 and seven Seattle Seahawks. About halfway through the second quarter in Baltimore, the Ravens lead the Browns 3 to nothing. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larravee after this on the Packers Radio Network. Title Town is back to rock. Down in the middle, this is Green Bay Packers football on News Radio WTNJ. Second down and goal to go from the five of Los Angeles. Devontae in motion to the left side. Rodgers in the shotgun. Dylan to his left. Snap to A Rod in the pocket. Dumps it over the middle. He's got Dylan. Breaks a tackle to the end zone. Touchdown! Troy Reader could not bring down AJ Dylan. 
And the Packers extend the lead to 26-17. Great clip. Saves your details so you can get the look you love no matter which stylist or salon you visit. Download the app to schedule your greatness. At your convenience, A.J. Dillon, today's Great Clips player of the game. 69 yards rushing. Felt like a lot more than that, just the way he impacted today's game. Dillon also five receptions, 21 yards, and a touchdown in the Packers' 36-28 to win. Packers OT presented by Pella, Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. You heard the call. Let's hear from the man who had the call of today's game, Wayne Larravee, joining us on the line. Hi, Wayne. Hi, Greg. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Very satisfying win here, Wayne. I had A.J. Dillon as my great clips player of the game. I, the numbers don't jump off the page, but, boy, if you were at the game today, you watched the game today, his impact was truly felt. What was your view? You, you know, Greg, I often say that football, unlike baseball, is a game that you, you know, you can look at numbers and think you saw the game, but you really didn't. You know what I mean? You've got to see football games, and you're exactly right. I can't agree with you more. A.J. Dillon, 20 carries, 69 yards, 3.5-yard average, long gain of eight. So how did he affect this football game? Well, it was his physical pounding, play after play. Uh, And then he caught five passes, caught a touchdown pass. You know, when you look at what he did in the totality of that running game, 32 running attempts, hey, they only averaged 2.9 yards a pop. How do you stay with a running game that's only getting less than three yards a, a run? But the time of possession, Greg, the Packers had the football 39-40 to 20-20 for the Rams. So that really was the ball game. And and the thing that struck me, and I, I wondered if the Packers, in their condition, okay, in their present condition, with people out of the offensive line like Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari, that type of thing, I wondered could they do to the forty nine to the uh, Rams, what the 49ers and Tennessee Titans did, and that is take the game to them in the trenches and and kind of bludgeon them. And you know what? They did. The players they put on the field, the attitude they took into that game, they did. Um, This is the biggest win, in my opinion, of the season. Why? Because of who they beat, who they beat them with, and the fact is once a bye goes by, uh, I understand that's not a magic wand. Everybody's going to be healthy. I understand that. But if the Packers start getting some key components back for the last five games of the regular season, this team is good enough to make a run all the way. Yeah, you know, and they've defeated the entire NFC West division, thought to be the best division in football coming exactly. into this season, which is impressive, and, and that could may, mean something come tiebreaker time. But you, know, you look at the schedule here, too, Wayne, you've got five games left, three will be at Lambeau Field. Well, you think A.J. Dillon on November 28th is nice. I, I like A.J. Dillon on December 25th <laughs> and January 2nd, too. I like Aaron Jones healthier sure. as well. I yeah. mean, he went out there and gutted it out today. That guy, you know, I mean, it's amazing. Um, yeah, no, I, I, hey, listen, the Packers at home have been stellar. And, uh, you know, so, I, I, hey, I, I understand the Baltimore game is going to be a tough game on the road, but I wouldn't count the Packers out of any of those games they have left. Defensively, Wayne, there were some big plays in today's game, really for both teams. Uh, they really stood up because it resulted in touchdowns for Los Angeles. Overall defensive performance, what did you make of it today? You know, I thought it was good, Greg, because I thought they did a great job of, of containing the ground game. You know, the Rams averaged 3.4 yards a run. The seven yards was their long game. And, and you know, they're going to hit big plays, okay? you got a team here in this uh, uh Van Jefferson, people don't know about him, but he, you know, watching him over these last three weeks on tape, he, he's really got great speed, so he can explode at any time. You've got OJ, um, uh, Odell Beckham Jr., and you've got Cooper Cup, who's leading the world in, in receiving. And you know the play, 79 yard touchdown, Van Jefferson, I understand that. Okay, 54 to Odell Beckham, yep, he's going to do that. Cooper Cup had a 22 yard reception along with his 96 yards and seven catches. But none of it was backbreaking. You know what I mean? That's the key. And and so I thought the Packers did an outstanding job defensively against a really high-powered team. And Matthew Stafford, you know, it's almost like when the Packers got up by 13, you say, okay, this is going to change the complexion of the game. Now they're going to make the Rams one-dimensional. Well, with a gunslinger like Matthew Stafford, that's not necessarily a good thing. So you've got the bye week coming up here, Wayne, and, and then it's uh, you know a collection of games here, primetime games, uh, a Ravens game that's scheduled for noon that likely gets flexed. So a lot of late-evening cold-weather games here on the horizon for the Packers. But you referenced it, an opportunity to you know sort of reset your, your roster perhaps coming out of that bye week. 
I was a little surprised to see Aaron Jones on the field today and Rashawn Gary. I think it's great. It, it tells me their injuries are, you know, certainly being monitored and being treated appropriately, but, you know, it, not overly concerning. They were able to play through it today, easy for me to say. But the idea of David Bottieri returning and others, like, you can't help but look at the bye week and, and be excited about coming out of it. Yeah, I think so, too. And I'm not sure how quickly David will be back, but let's say you get him back for the last couple of weeks of the regular season. You get him going. You get that offensive line shoveled the way you want it to be. Um, I, I think, hey, listen, there's a lot of upside to this football team. And when you get those guys back and you get Rashawn Gary a little healthier and Aaron Jones a little healthier, um, you know, th- there's a lot of potential here. This is really – now we're starting to see uh, – that was a game – hey, I couldn't picture the Rams losing three in a row with the kind of talent they have, Greg. I don't care where the game was played. Um, and if you go by this rule, it's not who you play, it's not where you play, but when you play with the Los Angeles Rams, this was when you wanted to play the Green Bay Packers, beat up, tired, going into a bye week. Um, and the Packers, nonetheless, overcame that and got the win. That's just uh, just tremendous. I cannot say enough for the Packers in that regard. Yeah, impressive win, very satisfying win for the Packers today. 36-28 the final. Green Bay improves to 9-3. and The Rams fall to 7-4. and The Rams won today. All of a sudden you're looking at two teams with eight wins as Green Bay goes into the bye week. So it's one win, but it feels like much more than that today here for the Green Bay Packers. Wayne, it's not only the Packers' bye week, it is your bye week. Enjoy your time off. I hope you find a, a golf ball to hit or maybe a slope to ski on, something fun. <laughs> and we'll talk to you again next time the Packers play. Sounds great, Greg. Thank you very much. All right, take care. Voice of the Packers, Wayne Larrabee, joining us on Packers OT. We will be back right after this. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. This is the Packers Radio Network. Here it is, low snap, a Horkes, shoestring grab, swing of the left leg, booming kick, carrying toward the far left side numbers. At the 15-yard line, here comes Koski to the 20. He's to the 25, hit short of the 30, and driven back right there. Ball comes loose, fumble, and I believe Green Bay has it. The Packers have it. So Chris Barnes came up with the football. He's got it. Chris Barnes has it. Green Bay football inside the 30-yard line of Los Angeles. Six plays later, the Packers would have a field goal on the board and add to their lead, making it 30-17. to The very next possession for the Rams would result in a pick six. Rasul Douglas taking Matthew Stafford's ball back the other way. That made it 36-17. to To me, that was the turning point. That sequence, field goal after the, the punt fumble by the Rams, ultimately a pick six by the Packers. Well, that's ten points in the blink of an eye, critical in today's win. Today's turning point of the game is presented by your Wisconsin Toyota dealers. Dear driver, you're invited to save big on a new Toyota. Hurry in today, though. Visit toyota.com for more information. Toyota, let's go places. Yeah, that takes it from, you know, 27-17 to 36-17. I had just a totally different complexion to the game after that sequence of events. A little bit of everything for the Packers in today's win over the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk to Bob in Milwaukee. On Packers OT. Hi, Bob. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. Yep, go ahead. Oh, Greg. Yeah, just coming back from the game. And what I wanted to talk about is uh, my MVP right now is Kenny Clark. And with the injuries all over the board on the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball, I think the defensive line play has been so solid, so consistent, and something you can really count on. And I think it's carried this team. And, um, you know, as, as all the injured players come off of injury list, I think the defensive line has, has really been the focal and been the solid part of the play. Yeah, Bob, they had a good rotation going with uh, Kenny Clark, Kingsley Kiki, when he's been healthy, has been in there. You've seen a little bit of T.J. Slayton, the rookie, playing uh, on that defensive front. Dean Lowry's had a nice season. There has been more than a number of bodies available. Tyler Lancaster uh, early on this season as well. But Clark has been really the steady influence on that line. And, you know, you look for impactful players, players you have to worry about, players you have to be concerned with. And it's not just Rashawn Gary or Preston Smith or... Uh, when healthy is it, Arius Smith? It it really is members of that defensive line. 
Clark was an animal today. I mean, he was vicious against Minnesota. I know that resulted in a loss, but my goodness, he was just absolutely destroying uh, the center for the Minnesota Vikings. And I recorded a sack today. I, I know it's kind of desperation time as the Rams were working to get back into it. Uh, but one of the two sacks recorded by the Packers today was re- recorded by Kenny Clark, and it came at a time where you needed to play. It was third down, and you want to make sure to end the Rams' day without the game getting too cute or interesting, and he was able to do it. But he does so much more than just plug a gap, right? I mean, he's just absolutely a wrecking ball to deal with. He's been impressive, no doubt. Steve is in Beloit joining us next. Greetings, Steve. You're on Packers OT. Hey, Greg, I appreciate you not making me follow directly after Wayne Lambie. That guy's the best. <laughs> no but, problem. Uh, Glad I can give you a little break. <laughs> uh, I want to talk about, at, at, in the second half, as they're going to a break, they showed a replay of Aaron Donald had his hand on uh, Patrick's throat, and I thought it was pretty egregious at that point. But then just recently I saw a, a tweet with a video of it in slow motion. He literally had uh, Patrick's windpipe and was squeezing it, and the ref was right there and didn't call anything. I don't know if you saw that or not. I did not. I, I missed it, Steve. I, I didn't see it today. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I did tweet it a little bit ago and, and tagged you in it, but I know you're busy. I I want to say I was aware of a mechanism that allows teams to review these and send things to the league. Is that is that true? Yeah. All right. Now I'm just seeing your tweet that you you copied me on here, Steve. I appreciate it. So uh, you're right. Aaron Donald is grabbing the throat of. Lucas Patrick, I, I don't get it. I don't know what he's doing. And the official is right there. That play was not flagged, to my right. knowledge. John Runyon's trying to get Aaron no, Donald off Lucas Patrick, and it's not working. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Ridiculous that the, that's terrible. That it wasn't wasn't a yeah. It's it's horrible. It's 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 one of the. I mean, I'm 57. I've been watching football all my life. It's one of the dirtiest things ever I've ever seen. Uh, and I've watched Dominican Sue play a lot. So yeah, right. Um, that. It's extremely egregious, and I, I just don't know. I, it must have slipped through the cracks because the announcers didn't say anything about it when they came back from the break. So it's just, uh, I'm just, I'm kind of incensed about it, to be honest. Yeah, no, I see it. I appreciate you uh, sending the tweet. Thanks for following up with the call as well. I don't get it. Um, for those who uh, follow me on Twitter, at GMatzik, you'll see it on my Twitter feed. I'll, I'll retweet this, but uh, that's about as bad as it gets with the official right there. Uh, and to my knowledge, a penalty was not called. Uh, but to answer your question, yes, there, there can be and will be. This will be sent to the league, no doubt about that. And I would like to think there will be a fine for Aaron Donald because there's no place for that in the game of football. Packers OT is presented by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We're back after this on the Packers Radio Network. The whatever-it-takes play of the game is... Presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Stafford looks it over. And here's the snap. Stafford, tight pocket. Hit as he throws left side. It's intercepted. Down the right sidelines. Douglas to the house. High stepping. Touchdown. Green Bay. And a third quarter dagger. It's 36 to 17. The Whatever It Takes play of the game is presented by Bryant Heating and Cooling. Doing whatever it takes to keep your family comfortable. Find your local dealer at Bryant.com. Interesting day for Rasul Douglas. Uh, He did get beat on a long touchdown pass, but he also had that pick six and was involved in a couple of other pass breakups. Uh, He's been an impressive player since coming over from the Arizona Cardinals practice squad. Uh, Just another example of the talent Brian Gutekunst has been able to find to bring in to not only steady the ship, but keep it moving down the stream at a brisk pace. Rasul Douglas, a very key contributor to this Packers defense, helped save the day in Arizona with a game-saving interception and helped put today's game out of reach with the pick six of Matthew Stafford. So here's a stat for you, for those keeping score at home. Matthew Stafford has three pick sixes in the last three weeks. Aaron Rodgers has three pick sixes in his career. 855-616-1620 If you'd like to join us, Alex joins us next He is in Star Prairie Hi Alex, thanks for holding Um, Hi guys, thanks for taking my call I just wanted to say that tonight The Green Bay Packers really won uh, The line of scrimmage on both sides The offensive line did a great job 
despite the injuries and the defensive line played great again. And Kenny Clark played great again. He might be the de- the best defensive lineman that uh, I've seen since Reggie White. So thanks again for taking my call, and go Pack Go. Appreciate it, Alex. Yeah, very different positions, asked to do different things, no doubt about that. You don't move Kenny Clark around all that much. Uh, I guess you do in, in that little interior portion of the line, but uh, certainly an effective player. You know, a lot of callers talking about the defense and ground and pound, and I, I think there's an overlying theme to the Packers this season, and it's physicality. How many times have we watched the Packers play and say, man, they just got boat raced. I mean, they just got beat up in the trenches. You think about some of the games against San Francisco over the years. Boy, that has not been the case with this Packers team this year. And that's with you know, some pretty marquee talent watching football instead of playing due to injury. The Packers have been among the most physical teams in the league. And I cannot recall a game this year in which they played and the game ended, and I said, the Packers just got their you-know-whats whipped in the trenches. I mean, aside of game one against New Orleans, which feels like two seasons ago, and I know Kansas City just blitzed the heck out of Jordan Love, those games are, are outliers. I, I would not call that the norm for the Packers this year. They're certainly extenuating circumstances for both games. But the Packers have been the more physical team in most of their contests this year. And I think it's reflected in their record. This is not a soft team at all. Uh, And NFL players hate being called soft, too, by the way. They just don't like it. can imagine that. Very impressive. Uh, The Packers dominating in the trenches. Eight touches by A.J. Dillon on a 13-play, 75-yard touchdown drive. That was to start the second half. He sort of set a tone for the Packers that particular uh, beginning of the second half with uh, just run after run after run being used out of the backfield. Four yards here, six here, two there, eight here. Just steady and consistent. Really impressive watching A.J. Dillon on that offensive line work today. And the Packers defensively, the same can be said. Eight five five six one six one six twenty. if you'd like to join us here. We'll get to an update in just a moment. And uh, a reminder to you that Sartori donates $1,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin for every field goal by Green Bay. So $3,000 donated today. That's Sartori Cheese donating $3,000 to the Make-A-Wish Foundation of Wisconsin. Three for four today for Mason Crosby. Time to get you one final update, a look around the league, and it's presented by Cousin Subs. Cousin Subs, we believe in better. Look out. The New England Patriots are red hot. Jones is back in the pocket, throws down the middle, caught by Bourne, running room to the outside Ooh. as he carries to the 30. Oh, and he's on the sideline, it's going to away from a defender, into the end zone. Touchdown. Bourne to run after the catch, touchdown Patriots. Patriots Radio Network with the call, great day for Mac Jones, 310 yards, two touchdowns. Patriots roll the Tennessee Titans 36-13, to New England has won six great games. Both teams are 8-4 and four in the AFC. Nobody wants to play New England right now. Cincinnati Bengals earn a blowout win in a battle of AFC North Division opponents. Burrow catches a shotgun snap, five-step drop. He's going to float it for the end zone, and T. Higgins, he goes up. He's got it! <laughs> T. Higgins wins the battle nice. for the football as he took it away from James Pierre. Touchdown, Cincinnati! Bengals Radio Network with the call. 41-10 the final. Cincinnati Hammersburg. Bengals improved to 7-4 with the win. Pittsburgh drops to 5-5. Joe Mixon, 165 yards rushing and two touchdowns. The Vikings earned a win over the Packers a week ago. Today in the Bay Area, no such luck, but they did have one of the highlights of the weekend. Wisnowski kicked short. Here comes Kene Wongu from the 2 to the right side, 20. He's to the 25-30. And Kene Wongu has left the 49ers in the wake of a keen turn of speed. Touchdown! It's a 99-yard touchdown. His second this season by this unstoppable cyclone. Kene Wongu, 31-26 Niners. Paul Allen with the call, Vikings Radio Network. It was not enough. The 49ers outlast Minnesota 34-26. So it's actually San Francisco that has moved into playoff position here in the NFC. They occupy the number six position. And the Vikings, with that loss today, fall to five and six. They are in the number seven position. So a damaging loss for the Vikings, if you consider 
the tiebreaker situation. Elsewhere around the league, it was the Broncos over the Chargers 28-13. The Jets over the Texans 21-14. New York now 3-8 and on the season. The Jets 2-9. and Falcons over the Jaguars, same score, 21-14. It was the Giants over the Eagles in a battle of NFC East teams, 13-7 the final. Dolphins get a big day for Jalen Waddell, the rookie receiver. Nine receptions, 137 yards, and a score, 33-10 the final. Cam Newton benched for the Carolina Panthers. Buccaneers get four touchdowns from Leonard Fournette in a 38-31 win on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. And they are nearing the half. It's the Ravens hanging on here. Kind of an ugly game against the Cleveland Browns. Another division matchup, 6-3 the score. About a minute left to go in the second quarter in Baltimore. Ravens own at 6-3 lead. And on Monday Night Football, it's the Seahawks and Washington from the nation's capital. Packers Radio is presented by American Family Insurance. We'll wrap things up after this on the Packers Radio Network. Now Aaron Jones moves to the slot right side. Snap Rodgers looking around. Fires it over the middle. Touchdown pass, Randall Cobb. It's 19 to 10. They beat the safety, Taylor Rapp. Well, for every Packers touchdown scored this season, Sargento donates $2,000 to help fight hunger through its Touchdowns for Hunger program. Shared by Milwaukee's Hunger Task Force and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. $8,000 donated today to Touchdowns for Hunger to feed families in Wisconsin. Sargento will continue to donate $2,000 per touchdown to Touchdowns for Hunger throughout the season. Benefiting Hunger Task Force of Milwaukee and Paul's Pantry in Green Bay. Sargento, the official cheese of the Green Bay Packers. Interesting day for Randall Cobb. Four catches, 95 yards, and a touchdown. It all came in the first half. Uh, he was used out of the backfield. In fact, the play he scored a touchdown on, he was the backfield mate of Aaron Rodgers. So, uh, you know, not having Aaron Jones during the practice week, not knowing if he was going to be able to play today, you see some of Matt LaFleur's mind at work with Randall Cobb in the backfield, utilizing a, a player who's been there before, done some interesting things throughout his career, certainly not a stranger to being motioned into the backfield or lining up as a running back. So he was used in that capacity today, as it appeared. Aaron Jones was on a bit of a pitch count, 10 carries for Jones for 23 yards. A.J. Dillon with the bulk of the touches, 25 total today in a 36-28 win. Let's grab another score here. It is uh, Josh in Arizona joining us in Packers OT. Hey, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Thank you for taking my call. Uh, first, I just want to say uh, thanks again for being the best broadcast team in sports. There's no better group of guys to listen to come game day. Uh, second, my question was, and you know, Wayne Larry kind of alluded to it earlier when you were talking to him about how this team has a really good chance of, you know, going all the way. And I couldn't agree with them more. What do you think about what this team's going to do with Russell Douglas if we get Jair back in time for the home stretch? Because we're obviously better with him on the field because he's been a great pickup for us. Well, I, you know, it's an interesting question, Josh. I appreciate the kind words. So the Packers play a lot of nickel, meaning they've got a third defensive back on the field. And, you know, it, it's been Shandon Sullivan in that role on occasion this year. It's been a little Kevin King in that role. It's been Douglas in that role, based upon who's available. But we have not yet seen a situation where you have everybody healthy and ready. Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, Douglas, and King, and Sullivan, right? You, we haven't seen that yet. I don't know if we'll see it the rest of this season. Uh, I'm hopeful. I, I would love to see Jair Alexander back at I, I, any coach would say it's a good problem to have, and I guess that's something for Joe Barry to figure out. But given how much nickel the Packers play, and they do play a fair amount of dime as well, they will find a place for good players to be on the field. I have no doubt about that. Let's hope we get to that point, because that would mean a healthy Jair Alexander, which uh, would be great to see, for sure. Uh, Kurt in lacrosse joining us next. Kurt, you're on Packers OT. Welcome to the show. Howdy. Um, just had a couple questions about the, well, I guess the defensive backs. I kind of lost track. I saw like three quarters of the game, but, uh, how many shots did we have at interceptions versus how many we actually pulled in? Um, also I missed the felony that Aaron Donald pulled off on Patrick, but, um, on the last play, I think, of the game, as far as the onside by the Rams, I think 
was it Darnell Savage that got nailed? Yeah, he did, uh, and and uh, he tweeted about it after the game, saying he's fine, and he was annoyed that the Rams player hit him, and he kind of joked, hey, apparently it was more important to hit him than go after the ball. Uh, if you did not see the Aaron Donald play that uh, our caller referenced there, uh, our guy Steve, who called in a little while back, brought it to my attention. He did uh, copy me in a tweet, uh, or tag me in a tweet, and uh, my simple tweet response was, there will be a fine. Uh, follow me on Twitter at GMatzik, and uh, you'll see through my mentions, uh, you'll end up finding it, but Aaron Donald choking Lucas Patrick, Lucas Patrick pointing to his throat, and the official standing right next to the whole thing, trying to break it up, does absolutely nothing. I don't understand. At GMatzik on Twitter if you want to see the worst thing in football today. 60 minutes on the field, pretty impressive. Green Bay Packers who go into the bye week with a record of 9-3. and three. They will come out of the bye week. With a night game at Lambeau Field against the Chicago Bears, just two road games remain for the Packers during the regular season. In fine position here in the NFC, currently occupying the number two seed. They are ahead of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who are 8-3, and three, but keep in mind, Tampa Bay has already had their bye week. I'd like to thank everybody for being a part of our show tonight, including our producers, producer staff, Greg Hill, Ashton Rotman, and more. Thank you for joining us on the Packers Radio Network. I will join you after the Bears game one week from tonight.